The thing about me is I am very different from cannabis smoking paraphernalia, even though if you were really talented as I am, cursed to be, sadly, just, you know, why, God, why? Just had to be you, I'm afraid. Okay, it's me. So I am him. The thing about being me, though, is obviously in some context, if you're American like Maui, maybe I'm your favorite bong. If you know the reference, you know the reference. But actually, my favourite bong would be the freeze pipe. And unlike the freeze pipe, that's how different the freeze pipe is to this show, because this show isn't about smoking cannabis. That's what we do for for fun later, reviewing all the millions made from this show, maybe. Which is, you wouldn't want this show if it didn't come with hot takes, if it didn't have those fierce, biting hot takes that burn you up. And you go, oh, why is he going with that? Oh, this is, he's so irritating how biased he is. Also, you wouldn't want me. like so, so So in that sense, that's the part I don't like about smoking cannabis, all really hot smoke. Like, oh. you know that moment when you breathe in and you're getting high, but then it's like, oh, it's too harsh, it's too much. You wouldn't want that. But the antidote to that with the freeze pipe is, of course, the food safe glycerin chamber that you take out and you put in the freezer section for an hour and then it cools the smoke by 200 degrees. You wouldn't want me to just cool off for an hour before coming out with all my hot takes. Ruin the show. That wouldn't be the sort of vibe that we're going for. So basically, all I'm saying is, enjoy this show for what it is. And then if you smoke cannabis, you don't have to put up with annoying hot takes. You can actually just get a freeze pipe, 10% off with the code LFN at thefreezepipe.com. Enjoy their technology, which will actually mean so you get all the high and all the THC and all that good stuff, but you don't have to have all the annoying part. Wouldn't that be great, eh? Freezepipe.com, 10% off, code LFN. Right, let's start out, gentlemen. And where I want to start out here is, because I'm trying to like make it so that in the future we do get that sort of pacing where you start with the milder ones, you know, you start with the not that crazy ones, then you work it. So what's interesting is I'm actually going to start with one, which in a meta context could be spicy. Like I don't even know. Here's what people also don't know. One of the reasons my shows are fire and other people's shows are just the most tepid, just lukewarm water. Oh, I guess it's all right. It's because they do stupid stuff, like sit in a Discord call for an hour before the show and just drill all the topics and just ruin all the takes and like all the like. There's no freshness to it. They've even wasted takes they'll forget to say later because a, a habitual problem with this job is if you can't remember if it was on camera or off, you're gonna think you've said that take already and you're not gonna like reiterate it properly. So I haven't actually told. I never do because I had any of my takes. So my first take. Actually, could be a little bit edgy on Kassad, but we'll see where it goes. On the one hand, it bigs him up, but who knows? It might go into some territory that's a bit awkward. We've never discussed this part of our relationship. So it goes like this, Kassad. It's going to start great. You're going to totally agree with the initial line. The line goes, this is the take. Fans should worship the ground Kassad walks on and treat everything he says, not even just as an opinion, but as fact that all history is based off. You're going to be like, what? What the fuck? In some ways, that's one of the worst takes you've ever done on this show. No, no, let me explain why, though. Because Kassad is from Serbia, and Kassad is not only a provable expert about Counter-Strike, he even coached a team to the semis of the World Championship. So with that whole resume, Serbian, proven experience in Counter-Strike, opinions about... Logically, every opinion you say should just be fact. Because that's what they do to a different guy from Serbia that doesn't have that background. Like, one thing I've never understood, Kassad, is they don't just say Cold Zero was voted number one player in the world twice by... They just say Cold Zero was the best player of two years. Like, what? 
do people not know how crazy the difference between those two statements is? Like, one of them is a statement of, like, this group voted the person. The other one's as though, like, he had the fucking reality stone from, like, Avengers. Like, hmm, yeah, now Cold Zero is the greatest player. Like, what are you doing? Like, so people think I'm joking when I say this. You are aware those lists and that formula... Like, it's not totally one guy. There was other people who worked on it over the years. It tends to essentially come from just one guy's mind. So what I've never understood is the same fans that hate bias, they hate people having opinions, they hate people like, that's just your take, bro. Like, no, no, you guys have defined your whole reality from one guy's take. And what's mad is he's not even someone on camera like this who's answering all the questions. This is a guy who gets it's just behind the scenes, unless you saw his Twitter at the time. He's just being chilling. You have no idea why he thought that. You have no idea, by the way, in the Hitchell TV rating, why he rates surviving this much. You have no idea why ADR does or doesn't mean that. By the way, random little aside, how the fuck did Huxley have that game recently where he went 0-0 and he had a 0.98 rating on HLTV? Is everyone else just cool with that? That your rating says you are almost a perfectly average game where you did nothing in the game. You did nothing. Everyone else just goes... Doesn't look like anything to me, Thorin. Back to NPC land. La, la, la. Like, so anyway, there you go. It started as like a super hot day. It wasn't really. Essentially, in the end, it was just an excuse for me to bitch about the fact that you all just worship that Serbian guy, not Kassad. And the reason why I said it could be slightly spicy is because what people don't know Kassad is this. This is how legit I am, but also Kassad and Yankwa. You know, me, Kassad and Yankwa have never had a discussion about that whole thing about why I have this rival with that Serbia. Because what they don't know is I'm legit. Like, I'll just say what I think. I'm not doing it just to fuck with someone. And... A lot of that was just stupid Twitter shit anyway. I want to get Kazan's take on this. What do you think of that? Obviously, it's like a, a tongue-in-cheek take. I don't really believe people should treat whatever you say as fact and all. But you get the point. Like, they actually do just let the game will restart from Hitchell TV. They act like he is, like, the architect of the fucking Matrix. And, like, because he says, like, a player's as good or that the rating works. They just, they just accept it as fact. Like, and then even worse, they build it off. And they never understand it. At the end of the day, it's like an informed expert opinion. It's not actually reality, you know, guys. It's just a framework how to look at the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Peter, he has been offline for a while. More than a more than a long time, he hasn't been posting or tweeting or anything. I don't know what's going on. I used to talk to him like outside of the you know social media and stuff, and we had a really good relationship. But he just gone missing ever since HLTV got sold to the. Oh, is that one right? Yeah, the collective yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know what happened, but the thing is like he uh, personally did a very good job when it comes to like stats and all these things, right? Obviously, he doesn't have the in-game knowledge or the expertise and all these things like to actually you know his opinion to be super relevant outside of the statistics that he provided right i have a problem with stats you know in general i think that they they are you know it's like western politics like i don't want to go in there but the thing is like they are technically right but widely misleading yes yes and they're painting the completely different picture of Whatever is going on is just completely... You know, the, you know the slogan, because I've seen Yanko post it half a dozen times, because he loves it as well. You know that quote I always give that Yanko loves, where it says that stats are like a bikini. Yeah. Like, what they, what they conceal, uh, what, they, what they reveal is enticing, I think was the way you say it, but what they conceal is essential. So essentially, yeah. it's what the stat doesn't contain. That's what you really want to ask, isn't it? It's like, well, you know, what, how did the stat come about? What, is, what framing is it? You're right, most people do ignore that. 
it just it's just they're technically right yeah when you say that the the, the rate oh, it's a fact the, yeah the, the kill death ratio whatever impact they're technically right but they're wildly misleading considering like you have so many things in game there people are just not seeing they're just not seeing it because they're focused on oh he had so many frags he is like has this flick and he clutched that but they don't see the impact of other players they don't see why that happened how that happened who is responsible you you, you took a, a, a example of hooksy i also got he did nothing he just got carried like he, it's it's not he just got carried by by the superstar players that he had in his team that's nico that's monacy that's Hunter that's actually playing super good Counter-Strike and JKS who was in an average level. He wasn't even that good in the past, however. But they still managed to, to, to win on the back of the of the superstars. I'm not even going to say just Nico, but it's the whole team, like especially Monesi as well. So it's just overall statistics. I'm not I'm not big fan of them. I'm just I'm not big fan <coughs> of them because they they are not showing the picture. Yes, they can give you proper information when you analyze the game, when you look at like some other things, like for example, how many uh, flash assists you got, what's your utility damage, all these things. But the frags itself, they, I don't care. Like they are not showing the full picture of who threw the flash for you, who set up the rotation for you, who was there to bait for you and died for you so you can get a double kill. Like there is a, there is so many things that people are not seeing. And yeah, I do agree with uh, with that take. And obviously there was never, yeah, we are good friends with Peter. Yeah, we are good friends with you as well. You guys had a clash on Twitter for what five years? It was a few years. Yeah, yeah, it lasted, but it's always like based on. He has his angle, you have your angle, right? You are more in tune with CS when it comes to like following everything that's going on. He was more a stats guy. Yeah, exactly. Following, like, and that was the clash. And yes. Was people don't know, by the way, on that battle, Lopez is on, even though Lopez is a mate of mine a lot longer, Lopez is on the, the game will restart side more than yeah. I am because Lopez is also a numbers guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. you see that it's like people who follow that and people who are actually, yes. you know, in more well, like a bigger picture type of situation, right? So overall, I do, I'm they do taking your side lightly when it comes to simply because the the whole thing behind the numbers, right? It's not yes. just it's just not, not just the numbers. You cannot look at it that way. This is not math. Yes. This is not accounting. It's just skill. It's just a team game. It's it's a lot more than than frags and, and statistics. By the way, the real divide between not just me and the game is just a f famous example of it, but people who are, have this opposite way of thinking is exactly that Kassad. It's that essentially my problem with the numbers is this. I've looked into them. It just doesn't go anywhere. It goes it goes down a direction, but then you have to keep adding the context anyway. So at that point in time, like you're just using the eye test anyway to justify the stat. I can't handle that. I actually do get the sense. This is why I mean Lopez has always clashed on this. He almost seems to think if you used the right mathematical model, it would just tell you all the answers and you wouldn't need to watch the game anymore. Like you would just know who the better one was and who outperformed who. Like I don't think the the I don't think the stat can ever give you the answer in that sense, you know. Like I don't think it is like essentially the stat isn't actually like the code of the matrix of life and you've hacked into it. It is itself, I mean, now you'll get this, it is itself an abstraction that you have arbitrarily overlaid onto a system, which by the way, it, it's more mathematically based, but that's all I'm doing anyway. I'm putting my own principles as a model over the top of the game. So that's why I've always thought, like they have their place, but people do go way too far. A lot of people just worship stats in the modern day, mate. It's a religion. Exactly. Yeah. Before Maui goes in, it's like I said, it's like they're, they're like technically correct. You can see, like, yeah, he had the, those numbers, yes. he had those ratings, but they are widely misleading 
when it comes to the like the, Dude, whole the best example of, is of, this of it's this last tournament that was just one game as eight right if you watch this tournament look zewu is the mvp i give him the mvp also if you look at the number that would be one of the greatest MVPs ever. But if you actually watch, because it's Zewu, Zewu and Simple have this crazy thing to them where the numbers don't even make sense for them. Like, they can have an average game of the numbers out of the universe. You're like, what? But then uh, it, that isn't even close to the best Zewu performance. Like, if I was a Zewu fan, I wouldn't be holding that one up. That was just like an all right one. That was like a normal yeah. day in the office for him, mate. If anything, he had a couple of off games, you know. And one, one small thing is like people, let's take Lorpis, right? As it is, you and him are good pals, whatever. Like, you are just fine. And people think that the two people clash opinions about something, they immediately, you know, start hating each other. Sure. It's not like that. It's just difference. Of oh, by the way, Maui, that, don't whatever. worry. I'll tease everyone. One day in the future, we will have, like, guest appearances on our shows. And I will definitely bring Lurpus on the basketball show. Because if people don't know, people... You know people do that dumb thing where they, like... If they know you like each other, they just say like that. Like, oh, you just agree on everything. Even though the joke is like, who the fuck have I ever just agreed with everyone on? Like, I can't even agree with my friends, mate. But if you don't know, he is a massive LeBron fan. And so, like, all I'm telling oh you is... If I ever bring God. him on that basketball show, like... I've purposely refused to have that argument with him. Because I don't want to almost, like, ruin our friendship. But, like... I love it on that show, mate. It'd be, it'd be amazing because he because he just does the same thing. He has like all the stats reasons as to why he's the best or whatever you know. Yeah, Go on, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your oh side? Couple couple things with this. I, I first want to pick on the Lurpus angle that he thinks that you could basically have a stat that's just going to tell you everything. But the reality of just like creating a statistic, especially an advanced statistic, is that they just they're wor they're made using regressions that try to correlate individual statistics and something like winningness to try to give you a flat number like rating, which is going to say that this is indicative of winning the game, that you're finding all these little things like first kills, you know, like getting multi-frags, clutch kills or whatever, whatever, all these like little numbers that they try to use. So the thing is that's obviously flawed about thinking that can tell you everything is that as the meta of the game changes, you can't have a stat that uses past data in order yes, to create itself true. like it, it needs to be a stat from the future in order to actually be one-to-one -one with winningness because the game is so constantly in shift you can't it's just impossible it's actually just impossible you can't do that unless you have a time machine the other thing that i just to get to your like original point with like the hltv stuff it's just kind of a little bit of a a digression here but it's just that I, I do think it's so ridiculous that HLTV rating is taken as gospel as as players' contributions because because it actually, in a fun way, it makes my job as a hot take merchant so easy because oh, easy, it's so yeah. easy to tell a fan or to tell anybody that that player with a 1.10 rating didn't do anything or that he was overrated. It's so easy to say that because people are just going to look at that number and think that if it's a 1.10 rating, they don't have the critical analysis necessary to say, was that an impactful 1.10? Or was that one where they got kills at the end of the round and didn't end up accomplishing anything? And so it's easy for me as someone who is watching the game to say those kills didn't matter. Like that, those numbers are very much just inflated or they're just empty calorie stats. Another thing is that it's also ridiculous that what's crazy is that suddenly the same this same fan base, when you say that a non-IGL player that has a 0.8 rating is doing badly, everybody's gonna be like, no, you don't get it. You don't get his job. You don't yes. understand what he's doing. And it's like... How is like it's so easy to play around these stats. So I will say 
thank you to to Peter for creating a stat that's so easy to manipulate stories around. All right, I'll give you the example for the last one because obviously it's better if you can give a kit. The, an example of the player Maui's talking about in the last one would be like Drop from Furia. Like obviously his stats were always terrible. It was like red, it was like 0.85 or whatever. But like you could absolutely have looked at the game and seen that guy was doing more than that. But I, I agree with you Maui. If they're going to worship stats then you can't do that. You actually are not allowed to do that. If you're telling me the 1.2 guy is always a god then Drop is a bomb by that logic. In fact, he's actually yeah, then, below par. I mean, I'm mostly thinking of the recent one I came up with on another show that was like Borup's doing very badly for Astralis. Right. Like he, he looks he looks awful. He looks so bad. And people are like, you don't get his role. It's like, no, I do. He's definitely just dying for no reason a lot of okay. the time. Like, yeah. Right, come on, who has I a mean, take? Inter was, Inter was another, you know, Sure, example. yes. I mean, yes. He got caught uh, because uh, he had bad numbers. It's just yeah, stupid. Yeah. Anyway, go Maui. Okay, yeah. My... My take here is, and I don't think this is even that hot, but I've just seen the articles lately about what C said, where he says, I'll use oh, CS2 right. as a motivation and I feel like it'll help me a lot. And then Flamey says, I want to come back and I think I still have something to show. It's like, the hot take here is just that these players coming back for CS2, like this isn't going to reinvigorate them. This isn't going to like somehow breathe life back into their careers. They're going to stay in the same position that they're in right now. The game will definitely shake things up a little bit at the very top end. But if you're like kind of just meandering in like tier 2.5 tier 3 cs right now like you're not suddenly just going to become a god again like that's the I, okay. I don't even again it's not even like the hottest of takes but i just see that it seems like a couple older veteran players are saying like this is going to be it i'm going to i'm going to find myself sure. again it's like no no i just that's just not happening so basically maui's saying that seized and flame are delusional <laughs> essentially yeah uh, that, that, that's it the thing is like i do agree with this with that statement simply because like if they were about to come back they would have done so in the past how many years <laughs> exactly. they, they were exactly in two tier three three whatever right so thinking coming into the cs2 it's going to be even they're going to be even in the worse spot than they were right there right now simply because there is going to be a new wave of young young talented players kids <coughs> 16 17 year olds that are going to be charging into this game looking for their spot under the sun and that's aside from the normal default wave that's coming in anyway. So you have to battle these two, you know, purges of players coming into the new game, and you want to come back into this. Who's going to pick you? Who's going to put their, their neck and says, like, listen, I want to get seized, flame, or whatever, whoever of those, those players into my team in the brand new game instead of a super sharp young kid that's not going to demand any salary, little to nothing, and he's going to be playing all day, you know, watching demos. He's going to be watching YouTube clips. He's going to be working all day on, on himself, and super, he's super sharp, 10, 15 years of career in front of him, and who's going to pick seized or flamey over those guys? No one. I'm telling you, no one. The only way they, they get back on the top is like by some sort of like like magical like things that are going to be you know circumstances that's going to be like all in the right place at the right time so they end up in a team that's going to maybe ascend to some sort of a competition level maybe but that is a very big if, you know a very big miracle that needs to happen for not just i'm not just that you gave example of seasoned flamey so i'm just following it up there's many more players like that you know that are going to be you know trying to get back into some sort of you know glory days but ain't gonna happen no
I definitely agree with this take because you'll notice the part that I think is so disingenuous is that they have to put CS2. If they just said something, Maui, like, you know, I'm motivated to come back to CS now. Okay, that's not a terrible statement. But the reason they're putting CS2 is so that, one, it doesn't have to be tomorrow. They don't have to actually be good now, right now. What they're saying is basically, you know, in a little while from now when, like, everything's going to be really drastic and changed, like, don't forget about me. I used to be good. And that's that's all they're doing. It's really bad marketing. Because essentially the best example of this is Forrest because like Forrest was a better player than those guys right when Forrest tells you like I want to be pro again in CS2 he didn't finish the sentence guys that's why you're all like I don't get it why is he not on a team he means he wants to be on a top 15 team again guys he wants someone to come now and go, it doesn't matter that you're, well, I don't know, 34, 35 or something. It doesn't matter that you're this old. You've got a whole family. You've essentially moved past that phase of your life and your career because you used to be legendary. Like Kassad says, that's what you got to, you got to think from the GM side. What GM's going, I'm going to put my whole career on this guy. Like, I get why someone might gamble and buy a monocy and go, look, if it doesn't work out, fire me. But if it works out, I'm willing to gamble. This guy will become one of the best players. Nobody's doing that with an old legendary player because there's nothing left. Like, best case scenario, they get sort of good again. They're never going to be like a top 10 player in the world. So no GM's doing that. So the problem I have is this. If you, if Forrest wants a gig, I can get him one tomorrow. Which uh, number do you want in eyeballers? Oh, you wouldn't want to play for eyeballers. Then you don't get to play Pro CS. There we go. Do you like them apples? Because that's the state of the game we're playing right now. Eyeballers isn't even that far down the rankings, by the way. I'm actually being generous saying that. Like, if you go to eyeballers tomorrow and you can't perform and show us you're a top X player, in the world, then you shouldn't be in Pro CS. Like, this isn't a charity. It's not WWE. You don't get to come back when you're 70 like Ric Flair. And because you used to be legendary, well, like, pretend he can still fight and be like, yeah, oh, cool, Ric Flair's back. Like, this is a sport. Like, even if there's a guy out there with no rep and nobody, and he's good at the game now, he gets to play instead of you, Forrest. That's just the way the game works. And you know why that's fair? Because that's why you got to play CS. Once upon a time, there were some mega legendary Swedish players who, if we're going with Thorin's history, I'd be getting them in all these teams. But instead, along came a young guy that no one knew with my name called Forrest, and he got to have their spot because he actually, in the game, took that spot. There's nothing. Nobody gives you any of these things. These guys do that interview. Like someone's supposed to reach out like, hey, do you want a spot? No, prove you're actually good enough. Because the other problem I have is this. I think the reason they're doing it is because of the whole, the name change is what's fucking everyone up. People think CS2 is going to be such a drastically different game that like with a lot of esports games, it'll sort of reset the hierarchy, but really crazy. So people know the difference between 1.6 and CSGO was someone like Trace, the Danish player, went from being like a lock top four or five player every time he ever played to like... He might have just been like the 35th best player when CSGO came out. If that kind of crazy shift happens, then yeah, you've got sort of an opportunity where you could again prove yourself really good. Even then though, think about who makes it. The guy who replaces Trace in this analogy isn't another legendary player who... No, it's someone who actually, if anything, that shift, that opportunity benefits the guy who was sort of waiting for a moment like that. So if people know, people like Heiko and Sean Gares, they were just whatever at the end of 1.6. They were just guys on like, you know, like let's say like the fifth best NA team. And they weren't like huge names everyone's looking at. But then when the opportunity came where sort of like the hierarchy gets mixed up a bit and the, the, and a bunch of players, by the way, retire and you clear out, then they, they, not, they weren't given it, but they then proved that they could be the best in their scenario. But notice they're like younger people waiting for their shot. It is isn't like when CSGO came out, 
some fucking, like, K-Sharp came back and was like, I'm back, bitches. What up? up no, no, that didn't happen. In fact, that has never happened ever in the history of Counter-Strike, by the way. Name me one great player. I'm talking about a great player who, unless it was something, I don't know. In fact, I don't think it's even happened. Even injury, they've never come back from. Whoever went away for a year or two then came back and was really good. It's never happened, ever. Because the I mean, game is just too much. You're not going to come back like that. There's a reason you retired and there's a reason you won't be coming back. You guys that all like, like basketball, take, take a look at Derek Rose. Like, he was the MVP. Sure. He got injured. He got, and he never managed to come back. And that was like one year, and he was super young. He never got to be back on his level. Right? And he was the fucking MVP that yes. season in, in, in Chicago, right? Yeah. I, was, I, I watched the game live when he got injured against Philadelphia in the, in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. So it was, just, uh, it was just one of those things. But the, 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 to come back to the, the, to you, to the Maui's point, it's like, first of all, it's just... It's not just CS, it's not just it's sport, it's business. It's common sense it's been, it's been in business that you need to make these smart decisions. Why would I pay eight, nine, ten thousand dollars a month to Forrest because he has a huge following when he's going to deliver nothing in terms of value in game, when I can like spend a little, lot more money on a young guy and just watch him develop and like be super healthy towards him so he can be loyal and stay and then you know learn more money and my team can be more successful or somebody like you said take a gamble like they did on monesty and stuff like that. so it's it's first of all it's business the, the the other thing is like you said like no good gm like is there any good gms in fucking cs it, relative the to the the scene obviously it's just it's just you know is there any so maybe he haven't even ends up getting by the way that's even an angle that i also noticed they never bother mentioning they never mention that like salaries exist they talk that you just get a spot on a team by the way there's another thing if you want to come back and you're willing to play for 2k when everyone else plays for 10k maybe i can get you a spot you wouldn't do that you're, 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 when they also say I want to play again, they mean they want the 10k a month again, Kassad. In fact, yeah, I'll just say this and I'll hurt some people's feelings. I think some of these people, the only reason they want to come back is they want the 10, 15k a month absolutely. again. It, is, it ain't about trying to be the 100%. best anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. I think one of the examples of the active players right now is Crims. Okay. Like, he's a legendary Hall of Fame player. He's gonna, he was absolutely you know, a beast when it comes to like fragging and like in, in, term, in, in the age of Fnatic and like after that. And right now he's not delivering all that much. He's a semi-support role right now, struggling to get his numbers, but he's still somehow there. Nobody would give him a, a chance. And he was a mega player. Oh, for sure. He was a better player than Forrest in CSGO <clears throat> by far. And is he going to get the chance? I don't think so. So why would Forrest or Flamey or Caesar or whoever, yes. right? There's absolutely no, no logical reasoning unless you are a dumb gm or somebody who wants to waste money but we have those people so you know exactly listen the you, your real problem is this you can all have gigs you just need a time machine and then to send the email i'm going to tell you to write to evil geniuses in uh, 2021 <laughs> but enough about that so. <laughs> right here we go then oh, moving up the score field level here's my next one it's a very wait, short wait, wait, one wait, wait. oh you, go on oh you didn't do yours right fair enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it was like it was like uh, we got into it i'm gonna do a a, a very my i i don't even smiled or not but people are gonna get mad i don't care Spinks is going to be Vitality's best player in 2024. Ooh! Ooh! First of all, I'm in for it, and I love it. So let's go. Come on. Me with it. Come on. Yes, right now, that's not the case, but it's getting very close. And we get to oh, that point it. of statistics, right? 
If yeah. you go through the matches, you will see Zaivu plus 22, plus 21, plus 17, 20, whatever. Statistically speaking, Zaivu is their best player, you know, by far. And, sure. But, the, but like we said, they are a little bit misleading. Uh, well, when I say a little bit, I mean a, a lot. So uh, I was watching Spinks a lot, you know, during this last, whatever, six months. And the guys are absolutely insane how good he is. He is providing so much impact for the team outside of the actual, you know, winning battles on the server. The things that he does are absolutely amazing. I think he's found his spot right now. In, you know, when he joined, the first six months were a little bit iffy. If you remember, it was like, you know, he didn't get the same spots uh, like in ends and he's not delivering, but he got you. I don't know if it's Zonix, uh, you know, kind of idea that he kind of implemented and, and kind of, you know, made him more effective. But whatever it is, he's playing really good right now. And I think in about six months from now, because what is it, August right now, end of August, in about six months when the CS2 comes out, he's going to be more impactful overall and he's going to be the best player of vitality yeah you want to you want uh, it spicy there you go uh i guess okay so I'll, there's no I'll way Maui agrees come on hit me there. come on i'll take i'll take your side at one thing here is that i do think that in terms of like macro impact Spinks has so much good impact for vitality like when you were talking about all the things that he's doing that's helping the team like him the way that he plays ct side especially where he'll go for like a put a kind of a risky push in the last <coughs> 25 seconds in a round or something like that or 30 seconds or actually in in fact he has a really good internal clock for when he needs to go for a push on ct side where one if he gets the kill that's great two even if he dies going for some of these pushes, it's actually kind of low risk, I've noticed. Sometimes he'll go for a push and it's like, well, because he's found that guy with 25 seconds left, his team knows everything that's going to happen in the round. There's no time for the team, for the opposing team, for that matter, to rotate into some other new plan. And so even though Spinks may have died and it may seem like he, it's a costly death right there, his team can now adjust their defensive scheme because of the new information that he's providing them. And he does that by oftentimes he's actually just getting the kill. He doesn't even die. But I'm just saying that that's kind of like a worst case scenario is that it's still not even that bad. So his risk assessment is very strong. I don't think that he's actually going to be better than Zaiwu next year. I do think that Zaiwu will still be the best player on this team. Uh, just the fact one one fact is that I just think that Zaiwu's level of self-preservation is so strong that he he'll always he's he somehow finds a way to not find find a decent amount of opening kills but he just always is alive for the late round situations and he's so good at them so and also on top of that the other the other side of this is that Zaiwu just gets to op Zaiwu gets to op and when you're when you get to op you just more resources are going to be dedicated towards your success and so statistically speaking he's going to just be doing better than Spinks just because people, including Spinks on Vitality, are going to be making sure that Zaiwu has a chance to find impact. So basically, Duncan, what he said, he's agreeing with Peter from HLTV because he mentioned stats are more important. Exactly. You know, when it comes to the overall <coughs> value of a player. So we know which side he's on and which team he's playing for. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, okay. 
The funny thing is, by the way, this actually will just show you that there are a lot of people who claim to be like Vitality fans who aren't at all Vitality fans. They're only, they are only and explicitly Zewoo fans because, mate, some of them will hear this and that should be brilliant news because I'd never said Zewoo's going to get worse, by the way, or be a bad player. He actually gave you good news. He said that he's going to be a player even better than him on the team at the same time. You should be rejoicing. That's awesome. Great. We're going to be like, the go no, no. They would rather burn Counter-Strike to the ground than anyone except Z will get the MVP. I'll tell you, I know what these stands are like, mate. They're, they're actually ridiculous. I don't even think straight up, I'll say this, because I said this famously in League of Legends about Reckless, if you know the player. I don't even think they're fans of Counter-Strike. They are just fans of who they think they know the person Zewu is. Like, they think they know him like a pop star, and that they know all these, oh, he's very quiet and humble, and you know the way, like, you don't know, you've never met the fucking guy, you morons. What are you talking about? Like, you're talking like it's a soap opera, and that's like your best friend's new man that you've just met like oh he's so cool with the kids like what are you talking about it's fucking video games like I only care about what they do in the server so I always just say about simple could be the biggest dickhead of all time long as he gets in the server left clicks that up all forgiven bro just go to work I don't care if you're a good human or not just do work in the server so on this one obviously Kassad's more arguing from the point of like you notice he never said statistically he will be better he said impact wise like essentially to me Spinks the second he joined this team is the X factor of this team because obviously he was pretty consistent. By the way, just think through your mind. When was there a map Spinks went off when fucking Vitality lost? I don't, I don't know if it's ever happened, but it feels like every time he goes off, dude, that, those are the games they win like 16-5. Like, they just cruise past people. I also do think actually his game does have some like underrated elements in it. Like, mate, this guy is absurdly good at rifle duels. Like, I, I, this is where you'd have to get in some other pros playing him. But, like, I feel like this has to be one of those players where when you attack his spot and you're a T, you just get sick of going around the corner and getting two-bulleted in the head instantly and be like, I didn't even have a chance because I didn't know where he was and he's just watching the corner angle. Like, that's where certain players... By the way, it's the same with Eco when he's on CT side. There's players where, like, the joke is, sometimes they have bad stats games because the other team just doesn't fucking go to the site anymore. You get bored of it. You get bored of looking like a moron running through a flash and just getting immediately killed and going like, you know what? Let's just go and pick on the guy who plays, like, fucking, I don't know, Pit on A on Inferno instead of this guy. Like, why should we just run in a buzzsaw? So, like, yeah, I agree. I think he is actually absurdly good. Like, if you look at the raw eye test, I think he is easily, like... This might, I, I'm trying not to make this its own hot take. But it's weird. In terms of, like, raw mechanics, he's a top-ten player in Counter-Strike. I, I think he looks absurd with the eye test. It's really, really, really good. And then let's throw in as well, because no one ever forget remembers this. Remember, they are all playing in international teams. Like, I don't want to hear this where you're going to compare this player to, like, a player who plays in an all-one-nationality team. Like, these guys are playing with totally weird, like, a Dane next to an Israeli, next to a French guy. Like, mate, there's no connection there. Like, if they can make that work, they're actually probably even better Counter-Strike players than we realise. So, no, I'm so... Look, I don't know if I'll agree, because if Zewoo does the things he does now, he probably still is the best player. But it's not a terrible... Like, it's, it's, it's an interesting argument to be had there. Actually, I'll spin it back to you, Kassan. Is there some things... If someone's a casual fan and they only look at the stats or they only look at the top of the scoreboard, what things should they look for with Spinks? Do you think they'll, they'll get a little bit more insight into what he does in the game? What, what's, a, what's drawing your eye a bit? 
how basic do you want to go? That's the thing. Like that, that he, I think Mamawi said it pretty nicely. He has a, he called it internal clock. I call it game sense. He can read the round better than most of the players on the planet right now. Like I'm not counting obviously the top five players like yeah, you know, yeah. Robs, Nikos, and and all of these all these like superstar level players. But he is up there. He can read the round. You can see that. You know when you watch a player and all you can see is the like whatever he does looks easy. But in fact, it's not fucking easy at all. You try to do it yourself and you fail miserably every single time because you don't have that skill. You don't have those mechanics like you mentioned. So if you look at him, you will found, find so many smart decisions throughout the, from the beginning to the end of the round. Not just by rotations, but utility as well. The fights that he is taking are always kind of a, in his favor. Uh, slightly so that gives him the edge of, of the other players he's sharp as fuck as well so that kind of gives you additional bonus so if you look at him he's doing all these all these good things for his teams but he's like eclipsed and overshadowed by obviously the the best player in the team right now which is zaibu you know the player who is going to be in a few years a contender for the goat not right now, but the, the, the thing is, like, he's their best player right now, and you don't get to see all these things that Spinks is doing. You got to see them in, in Ants, because Ants, he was the best player in, the, in there. So you, he took the, all the spotlight right now. Now you can't do it because Zaibu is there, obviously, but he can still deliver, and he still is delivering super high impact, and, you know, that's the reason why they're number one. I actually have a, I can actually spin this into a hot take. I was going to save till later, but we'll do it now because it's actually about Spinks. When I was watching the recent run at Gamers 8 and I Am Cologne of the ENS team, the whole time I just keep thinking, bearing in mind Nerds is like fragging out and doing really well, but you can see how inexperienced he is. Remember, he's only joined the team in like February, guys. Like he's the guy who's had a bunch of times where like there'll be a map in the semis or the fact where he just goes quiet, he does nothing. Dude, if they could actually right now, they wouldn't choose to, but if, they, if I could make them, if I just transport Spinks and he goes in and hurts his spot now in Ents, Ents is just the best team in Counter-Strike. I'm not even joking, because Spinks already is bona fide. Sun Pius is a big game player, we've seen this. Dika only has to be like the third best player. Madden is actually a very good role player. And Spit and Snappy, just the flaw his fragging brings to the game, and then he has good calling in the map. They would actually be the best team in Counter-Strike, in my opinion. The problem they have at the moment is they don't have the bona fide number one star. Like, no, it's just that it needs more time. He probably needs like another three months. Some pious, by the way, isn't going to be it. Like, that's not his style of play. His style of play is like in a big pressure moment, he'll pull off some crazy big balls, triple kill, do a no scope. He's not trying to actually be like old devices. Just cut, you know, every game I'm going to give you like 20 kills. It's, that's not who he is as a person. So this is the problem is that's the piece they miss. If they could transport Spinks back and have this lineup events, I think it would be the best team in CS. Yeah. Well, we disagree, I mean, so come on. I, no, no, I, he's I know, thinking, just, so I can take it over if you oh, want go on. He's He's thinking my, through it. My take is so similar. I have a really oh, similar. Right, I okay. just have another take that I might... Okay, whatever. You, you okay. go, Kassad, because I have a, I have the, a way... The thing is, like, what... Yeah. I, under, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, completely. What What's even, like, bonus to that is the fact that you know, he joined what when February, whatever. He they don't have a they don't have a, a superstar, and they are still playing so well, good. Like yeah. they are going head to head with teams like G two, with Vitality. Dude, they even sometimes win some of these big games yeah. when like one of them has a bad game. Then you're like, holy shit, how? Like they beat Vitality in Cologne when Nuts was doing nothing. You can go watch the game, guys. And that's that's the. I mean, there is a lot of things. Like for example, I I think the the, the lots of credit for their 
success goes to their uh, in-game leader slash coach combination. I think they developed a lot of like good things around that team, including the system, the structure, the way they do. I spoke after after the Gamers 8 final with, with, with uh, Snappy, and he told me like, yeah, I mean, we, we, we were the better team in like three halves, and like, it's very difficult to play against a good team like Vitality and always start 0-5. So you, they basically always have this like room to work with and you have none. You have no margins for error whatsoever. Like it's just super difficult. And when you give that much space to the team that's so good like Vitality is right now, it's very difficult, nearly impossible to come back and win. And you know what it takes to turn around those games and win? Uh, like you said, bonafide superstar that's going to pop up and just deliver you this little bit more impact into your into your game so you can turn it around and bring it back that's what zaivu does for vitality that's what nico does for his team that's what simple does as well like all these like superstar level players they are delivering that but it needed the, the, the ends doesn't have that right now i don't know if they're ever gonna get that to that point nerds is good he's very good he's aggressive but i don't know if that type of player is gonna develop into this because we have i have never seen a player that's aggressive as him, let's take like Yekin, Dark Config, and all these like super aggressive players, they're never those type of players that you just talked about, like a superstar level. They're gonna deliver you impact, they're gonna set you up for the superstar, right? But they're not superstars themselves. Like they are just, you know, a very good player that players that are delivering a lot of things, right? You you compare the nerds and, and Spinks to different players, right? Spinks is more of a Rob's type of just a little bit more aggressive than Rob's, you know, but because he has so much space. But if you are super aggressive, you go for those fights and you're gonna end up dying a lot of times. So it's it's very difficult for them. But right now, yes, I if they had a uh I guess I'm not going to say that word again. Superstar player in their team, they would probably be number one now, and they had more titles than Dallas. I I only can just spin off of this take because I can't really oh, go on, comment on it because I my my hot take itself is that Ens is the best team in the world. Oh, there you go. Ens, then. Ens, right, okay. Ens, okay. Is, Ens is the number one team right now for my money. Uh, because I think about I this is using this is starting with like a couple. You, you need to first accept the concept that of like five man lineups here though first because or else vitality would be the number one but i'm not including the results they had with dupree because with playing with flames their results are fourth to six at the blastfall groups they lost to ents at cologne and then they beat ents at gamers eight and then i think of ents themselves and given the fact that they beat vitality at cologne and then went to the grand finals there they went to the grand finals of gamers a they won dallas that three that five-man lineup to me is the strongest it's it's the best five-man lineup right now in terms of uh in just in terms of kind of like ranking because the way i see it is that the consistency to get top five or i mean not top five to go for four lands in a row and get top two is enough for me with that five-man lineup to consider them the best team because it's kind of similar in vain to how we how heroic was ranked the number one team in the world before because they just kind of kept coming top four at every event and they weren't necessarily even winning the events it's just that their consistency there was what sent them there so for me vitality have just not proven enough yet and they've actually lost to ends on an arena stage that's the, and that's a huge diff just like 
difference here is that sure they beat Ents later but it was with a much smaller crowd which is why i have Ents right now as the number one team in the world it doesn't necessarily mean that if i go into a tournament like esl pro league i would pick them number one because again esl pro league isn't a tournament with a huge arena component but to me Ents have proven that they are consistent enough, unlike a team like G2, that they're going to make it to the playoffs. They've shown in arenas that they can actually beat big teams like Vitality. And then it, it's the combination of all of that and the fact that Vitality just haven't done it in an arena yet with this core or this five-man lineup. Okay. Thoughts, Kassad? Uh I'm thinking like I can't really 100% agree simply because they have lost all those finals. And that's the same thing with Heroic. We can't put them at number one because they keep losing in the big games on the big big stages. They keep like you know disappointing us when it comes to the quarter semis, finals, whatever. So I can't put them. Also, you need to take as much as I would like to you know disagree on my own opinion. I have to say it. It's just you have to take into account G two, G 2s year. They did win Cologne. They did win Kato. They did right right now. I mean, they're coming off of the biggest win of the year. You know, I'm not counting the major. It's just we're not going to get into it, but Cologne was super competitive. G2 won it. I can't really put, I can put them up there like a contender for the number one spot, but they're not cemented by any means there. At least now I see that you're saying like, yeah, I'm not counting the, the, the results with the pre, but you have to count them in. Like they, it's the four players that were still there. The coach was there. Like the one player doesn't have, you know, that much of a value to just disregard completely what they did before him because it happened like a few months back it happened like three years ago and uh, overall ants is one of the i wouldn't say the best team because i wouldn't say any team is the best team but they are the most exciting team and most and the best team just that's the that's the you know the key word they have the best team like you know they as look a group like a of team. players yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, they just need to, I, I think, I was thinking after Dallas when they actually won the big final, they are going to, you know, get that, you know, pressure off their shoulders, like, we won the final, maybe they get into a role, into a role and just kind of win more, but they, they failed a couple of times, I don't know what's coming for them next, but uh, they are up there, definitely, I wouldn't call them the best, because there is vitality still there, I can't, you know, with my clear mind say that Ants is the best team when Vitality is, is this year is, is just right there for us to see and all this success in the past, what, eight months. I'll tell you the real problem with this topic is does best in the world mean the team that will win the next event? Because if it does, like you say, Maui, then they aren't your top team because they wouldn't be the team that you would pick as the favourite to win the whole event. And the problem with that is this. I'm torn on it because in general, I do think best is just aggregate against the entire field or in all the tournaments, basically. So in the same, like you say, in the same way that Heroic got to be number one, that would mean Ents gets to be number one now. Like, yeah, you, you, you lose all ranking, the big finals and the ranking. semis. Yeah. 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 But here's the difference though. If you did put the gun to my head, I mean, I've done this for esports, but actually if you asked me before the major, who was going to win the major, I wouldn't bet on Heroic because this is the problem. The one flaw they have and Ents clearly has this at the moment is when and they're in the big final. It's not just that they lose. People are missing that. You can make a final and be the underdog every time and lose. And it's actually totally reasonable. Dude, they lose and they're the favorite each time for my money. I actually think for real, they were. The, I think they were like a tiny favorite over G2 because it was the best of five and they have that map pool. And I actually thought, not just because they'd beaten Vitality recently, but I actually just thought if they can both play to the, 
best form we've seen. Ents will win this final. They'll beat, they'll beat Vitality and they'll win this game as eight tournament. But they don't. And the reason they don't, after having seen these four finals, is entirely logical, which is in the big pressure match like this, they just, they don't have the superstar. By the way, if people who think that theory, because I used to get a lot of shit for that over the years, of people thinking it's just a sports ball thing of like the hero and myth. Of the, no, no. That is one of the number one most powerful principles I use in sports and esports, which is that the, the thing about a superstar, not just a good player, a superstar, is they can win you a game you don't even deserve to win. They can just get a map where you're playing like shit, you're calling like shit, you don't deserve to win it, and they can just basically like break the matrix and just win the game for you. Like, it's one of the reasons why everyone thinks me and Kassan hate Huxy. We don't, he just has one of the craziest get out of jail free cards ever in his fucking ass that he pulls out, and then a guy from Bosnia just does it all on the server for him. And at the end, he gets to go, see? <laughs> that was me who called that. It's like, bitch, I'll give you Nerds and Sun Pius, and I'll have fucking Monacy and Nico, and then let's see who can fucking call a game, shall we, homie? You do that with, like, Snappy is, with the people he's working with. He has zero superstars. You have, like, arguably two and a half. That's how ridiculous your team is. So there's a reason why, like, you notice how we divide up the credits very different depending on who you have. They don't have that on ends, which, by the way, is also another reason why I think we're giving a lot of the credit to the IGLs. The reason I always give mad credit to Cadian in Heroic is because Stown has never made that leap for me. He's come this close over and over again to becoming the super, and he never does it. Like, he isn't the guy in the semi-final I can just go, like, if I was telling a casual fan, this is another one of my lenses I apply, if I was telling a casual fan before the semis of the major, Right, you've got to tune in because the best team in CS goals player now, they're called Heroic. And then they were like, right, who's going to carry the game? I can't tell them, oh, see this young guy, Stown, mate, just trust me. He's fucking money. He's going to deliver. He's going to. I can't tell you that. Because the joke is, even Heroic knows that doesn't happen half the time. In fact, half the time's probably being generous. Loads of the time he doesn't turn up. And as a result, you can tell they know that because their game isn't even based around that. They don't even try in either of these teams, you know, it's to give any any player ego positions. They don't do. You know those stories? Here's what's very fascinating. This is another thing to apply when you think about players like Huxley. I actually give mad respect to Zonic and Apex. If you ever listen to interviews, they get that their whole mission essentially is get Zewu and Spinks right. They're not actually there like in Ensign Hawk, like let's play a team game and real Counter-Strike and let's stick to our playbook guys. No, no, they know, like you'll hear Apex do interviews where he says like, I basically had to tell Zewu after like map one, like get your ass together, mate. Like we're going to be fucking out. You're the only one who can win this. Like they know that they're on the Phil Jackson level. They're man management of the biggest stars in the world. And they get that these guys are like fucking mythical creatures that you can't just do normal CS around. It's just about get them in the right headspace, give them some opportunity. They're not even trying to do that on teams like Ensign and Rourke guys. They're just, if anything, they're telling them the opposite like look don't worry about the fact you're choking just play the team game we can still win this is doable that's how you know these teams are on different levels so in that sense like for the talent they have I think it is absurd what this has accomplished the problem I have to bring it all the way back though Maui is if you go you die if you pick the winner of this final wrong at this point, I'm going against Ents in those finals. Like, I don't even think G2 is overall as good, but I'll take G2, I'll take Vitality. Fuck it, if they make it to the final, I might even take FaZe, because I do actually think, as a general principle, if we're talking about one match, I do tend, if you notice, to pick the team who has the better star player, because I think the star player can steal the game for you. And at the moment, it feels like Ensign Heroic, without the star, they just have to, like, earn it old school stuff. They have to just do real CS to win, which, that can be a lot harder. As Huxley's career shows, whatever. Why does everything have to be a dunk on Huxley? You know what? What's <laughs> sad about this is, 
I don't, I bet if he even comes on our shows, it'd just be chill as fuck. It's like, half that shit's just manufactured by old pleb haters, isn't it? Like, yeah, little bro. It's like, if anything, he, he shouldn't even be hating on us anyway. He's having the dream and he just gets to be in that bloody team and win everything. Right, let's spin off then, because I've got a good one. It's a really brief one, but I think it's a really good point. As usual, I understand my assignment on this show, so I'll phrase it in the most incendiary way ever. Here's how you know Zewu stands don't actually think he's the best player. <laughs> Get ready. Here's how you know they don't think he is. Because have you ever noticed how they never say, but just look at him play, you idiot. Use your <laughs> eyes. Why isn't that the number one argument, by the way? Instead, what they do, Kassad, is they go away like a fucking accountant in some background. It's got to be here. What about 19, 1977? Oh, in March? And then they're like fucking running numbers analysis. It's like, yes, but if you control for data samples, like, I don't need an Excel spreadsheet. If you ask me why simple is the goat, here's the quickest answer ever. Bro, just watch his best games. And if after that you disagree, then we're just fundamentally not going to agree on this topic. Because the thing with people like Simple is, I can just say that. I think he has the most fucking crazy snapping eye test ever in esports, by the way. Here's what people don't know. This is why I'll never let you tell me Zewu's better than Simple. Because I'm out there arguing with the fucking super nerds that Simple is better than like Flash and Faker. Like the goats of all esports. The best to ever play any game. I'm trying to go and argue with some nerd that he's better than like a Starcraft player or like go full god mode korean or like faker if you don't know has been at worlds like fucking nine times or something insane like that over his life like i'm trying to go to that, that i think he's beyond even cs so y'all are lucky i even come back into the matrix to have fucking dog shit steak where you can't <laughs> and argue about how zero can have it he's pretty good isn't he but as a, to bring it all the way back and just make it succinct that, you never hear that argument. By the way, it's actually why to tie it into what Maui said. I said this to him on Twitter. It's how you know that they don't actually have a counter to that point Maui made about like cultural impact. You know that thing, Kassad, where Maui was like, you know, what cultural impact does Ewu had? Like what signature style of play does he have? Everyone goes, you fucking idiot. You don't know what you're talking. And then no one ever says what the signature style is. Yeah. No. Never, to this day, they've had weeks now, Kassad. They haven't figured out what his signature style is. Now, what's mad about that is, it's actually a very shrewd point by Maui. The weird thing about Zewu is, it might sound boring, but he's just really good at everything, but in a naturally, like, not particularly distinct way. Like, everything's too smooth and too, like, correct decisions and too just like... It's a, there actually is nothing signature about how he plays. In fact, this will really hurt people's feelings. So if I ask you, gun to your head, you have one second, tell me an iconic simple player. Boom, 1v2 against Fnatic instantly. Right, what's the simple version, the Zewu version of that? The, Nobody the can answer everybody it. Everybody says they've said it so many times. Come with on, the pistol Ace he got on Mirage, and I'm like, that's online. That's Against an who? Online highlight. You mean the 2020 or whatever? 2020 from 2020 when he had the P250 machine goes N1, N2, N3, N4, and then like. Bro, really you guys bad. just you just entered this whole thing. You just lost already. If you actually see, if you're all giving an online no, play, what are you no, talking like about? Five people, like five people <laughs> said, is this signature enough for you? And it's an online clip. I had to respond to one of them, and I said, you added me for something that's online. I did it just to one that's person wild. i could have done it to all of them like it's okay. so funny that that's a signature move that's it's something that happened during okay. the pandemic okay those those people like the the, the, the hardcore zyvil fans are just like sometimes so delusional like they would they would at the same time say the 2020 zyvil they would count that in like as the best performance blah blah best team but at the same and at the same time they would disregard for example gambit being the best yes. team because oh, of it course. was online yeah. Like, how fucking, how dare you? Like, to be that fucking hypocrite. 
Like, you can't say that Zaibu is the best and you count 2020, but you say that that online era doesn't matter. Bro, let me ask you time. this question. And I know it's a rhetorical question. If Simple had been like, his absolute best year was 2020. It was pretty good. But let's say Zaibu had been really bad in 2020. They'd all just be saying it doesn't count online play. Absolutely. Obviously, it's just so transparent, you Absolutely. idiots. Like no one, bullet, no one buys that you. The idea we've all hated online CS and for, like think about how much shit everyone's given Zantares his whole career. But we're now going to turn around and pretend we all count online play. Give me yeah. a fucking break. <laughs> it's so stupid, right? It's just and even I, like, okay, I, I am a fan of Nico. I am gonna be advocating sure. for him all the time. That's gonna happen. But I never, never said. That you know he that simple is like uh you know below Nico, I never said I never discounted the simple as the goat contender, in favor of Nico because I have eyes I see things I I see the numbers, you know sometimes but I see everything that's going on in the past seven eight years, and you know uh, Zaivu fans are like disregarding simple they're disregarding Nico they're just disregarding all the facts and putting the stats from 2020 and 2019 and like all this shit into their arguments and on top of that that was that feed from Mao even that he said a pretty normal thing Zaivu doesn't have that you know kind of the way that he's doing things like simple like Nico like you know it's just and people got like absolutely crazy because and nobody said anything to counter it they were just <laughs> calling him like oh you are this and you are that nobody countered it yeah. so what the fuck are you doing you know just fucking get your shit together and use your eyes and use your brain whatever you have in, in between your ears so so the thing is like I, I i do agree and i think it's it's a little bit crazy what's going on but they are you know just hardcore fans i guess like Lorpis with LeBron. The, the the signature style thing, I wanted to bring that up as like one of my points. So I'm glad you already brought it up more or less. Like it doesn't it doesn't need to be a second point, but just the the fact that what I always think of when I watch players is if I By the way, the just as an aside, off, just so we can make this yeah. clarify, because obviously I know you know this, but like you actually aren't making that like the defining part of his career though. Like he is still better than like players who have yes. a signature style, but who aren't Zebu, right? Of course. Yeah, exactly. Notice yeah, what yeah. they're doing. This is how you know they're a stand and you aren't. Is everything they say just translates to he is God, he is God, he is God. And every single criticism is that person is shit. Whereas what you're actually yeah, doing yeah. is providing nuanced opinion, obviously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just trying to like, I just kind of woke up that day and I was like, what? But but like the thing is, and I, I think about this a lot, is like if I take the nameplate away from a player, okay. because in Counter-Strike, you can't really tell the difference between a person unless you yes. have trained your eye to understand that individual person's style. So that's why like if I watch a Rops demo without his nameplate, I am 99% certain I will tell you that is Rops. Not just from position alone, but the way that he clears angles, the way he's so methodical and slow for that matter. Like I can tell it's Rops. And like for and on like on top of that, I can tell when it's Nico because it's like the way that he pushes the way that he likes to one tap probably just to be a little flashy sometimes like there's all these little things i could even tell you if it's a testis demo like I, I know what his spray control looks like very well now like there's all these players where it's like i know without a nameplate that they have a signature kind of way of carrying themselves in the game and for me when i was thinking of zywu i was like I, I, it's obvious that there's greatness there, but like, if I did take the nameplates away from some of his like great plays, not like you, you would probably have a little bit of trouble. Be like, 
is that was that cold zero was that a cold zero highlight you know was that a is that a brokey highlight you know is that like i don't really know always what i'm looking at when i'm watching this guy and it's just not as definitively him and not he doesn't have that signature like like simple does you 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 know when you're loading up a simple pov every time within three rounds would you be able i got a question would you be able to spot the difference between robs and blame f if you remove the the player name yeah, here's, what's, just, here's what would be fun about that. I'd that say, would be a really good like segment for pros because obviously the yeah. di the diss is if you said it was blame F, it was Rops, you'd be oh shit, what have I done? Like because we're supposed yeah. to say blame F's a bait, aren't we? But they are both baiting like a motherfucker. The question is how good a job yeah. are they doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would say that like the way that Rops' mechanics work around when he's clearing angles is a little bit. It looks so like precise and calculated, whereas blame F, the way he peaks certain angles feels almost like. He'll like strafe into it, not lazier, but just kind of like taking things for granted more often than Rops does. By the way, as a random aside, if you ever want to see a piece of content that might show why actually Device probably was the most like actually cerebrally intelligent star player ever in Counter-Strike. It's one of those betting company segments where they do like a fun thing where it was it was like a pro or law type one. Like, is this guy a pro? Is he not? And if you ever watch it, Device is never actually on the pros looking at things like, oh, by the way, he moves his mouth. He just, he, this just shows you how cerebral this guy is. What he would do was at the beginning of the clip he would just assess the whole game state and look for little like things that between pro and different wouldn't be there so for example he would go oh this is low and they'd be like that's quick and he'd be like well you have to see like look like a second player on the radar if you look has like an AWP over there which a pro team would never do and the way like the tees ran in like it, they didn't flash but like dude who's even watching that when you watch a highlight clip like that's how you know certain people are just like on a different fucking level mate like he essentially like Poirot just broke down the scene of the crime and like oh this and that must imply that you came in from the back door like what? Like everyone else is just looking like, ah, I guess he's, that's pretty good. So I think he's probably pro. Like that's uh, what all the other pros were doing guys. Like, they weren't, they weren't even attempting that approach. And that's like, the, that, that thing comes natural. Like, you know, to device, for example. And, and oh, you know, that's like, what I mean. You can just tell it's like, how like he breaks breathing. the game down. Yeah, exactly. Like, like breathing yes. to us, right? They see it like before other people see it. And it looks so clear when he says it to you. Mm -hmm. and, and you see like, oh yeah yeah that's that's what happened and you never had a clue that that is actually what happened oh of until course he yeah. said it like you know All right, who's yeah, next then come on I, I think it's me and i'm trying to decide which one i'm gonna go and i'm gonna stick with you know hooksy snappy whatever <laughs> yeah why you give up the habit of lifetime go on i have i have the thing is like <laughs> the, 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 my take is like if snappy joins g2 in this transition to to, to cs2 G2 is going to have the first era yep. in that game. Not even just be the best, Maui, an era. Like, they'll actually an dominate era. the whole game. They will dominate the first stage of CS2 for sure. I don't know how long it's going to take, but they will have an era that they can say, like, okay, this is G2's era. Like, Fnatic had it, like, SK, Luminosity, whatever, you know, Liquid. Not Liquid, Astralis. Well, Liquid to some degree. You know what I'm talking about. The thing is, like, what's we, we spoke about this in this show as well like a little bit earlier that what snappy is doing with the players that he has is just unbelievable right that he doesn't have a superstar his players getting poached he's he swapped an op he had the go and like start from scratch you know for example hooksy came into this team which was already had a core and didn't have a core they started from nothing they had hades they had the sphinx and they swapped those players, you know, Spinks went to Vitality, and he kept the level high. And not the high, just the highest, probably the highest right now. We spoke about this as well. 
And he also has a good coach behind him. He has a healthy organization and, and everything that goes with it. But the him going to G2, is, is this is not about, you know, trashing Hooksy or anything. But the, the thing is, you take Hooksy and you take Snappy. And you compare those two. Like, who has the better calls? Who has done more? Who has more experience? Who is the better individually? As a as a player, fragging fragging wise, whatever you know, decision making and everything that's going in you know in, in those like individual terms, and who do you pick? Ten out of ten times, I pick Snappy, and just obviously, and there is also a question of what kind of Counter Strike he likes to play. We know that Hooksy likes to call from spawn a, a lot more than he that doesn't. It's, uh, Snappy is not like that. Snappy likes instinct, you know, reactive Counter Strike, uh, based on instincts a little bit. So he likes to do those things, and that's something that Nico would love. That's something that Monesty would love. That's something that Hunter loves for hundred percent. So if he goes there, now he has two pets right now. If I'm Snappy, stay loyal to Ants, be a franchise player, you know, somebody who's gonna be remembered by by being in Ants, and that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. There is a, 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 another route that he can take and in going into like a team like G2, maybe even FaZe. But G2, for example, and kind of cementing your legacy towards the end of CSGO and obviously start of CS2 and get more titles because he's lost the many, many finals. So he has, a, he has a, a decision to make. But overall, if he goes into G2, they're going to have an error. By the way, as an aside as well, I'll give you a little factor to watch when you watch G2 and Hooksy play, if you're a fan, to see why I think Hooksy's mad overrated, right? The thing about teams like Ensign Heroic when they're on top without the superstars is, dude, their map pools become so consistent. You know exactly where they're going to get their win, how good they're going to be on a map, what chance they are. G2, the way you know he's just got the most crazy arsenal of firepower is the amount of times they just fuck around, lose their own map, and then just win the opponent's map pick. Even when the opponent didn't pick a map they're good on. Like, they can just wake up and win maps they clearly do not like and are comfortable on because they have superstars that just carry them over the line. Like, that isn't the IGL, boys. He didn't go back into, like, some fucking back room and come up with, like, some genius, like, flying V. Like, if we just do this, it'll be like, that's just like the player just fragged everyone off the server there. So keep your eyes out for that. That happens way too often for a good team. Go on, Maui. What's your take on this? Um... First is that uh, to give the one is he over where, is he gassing snappy too much? Would they have an error? Uh, I think they I think they could I think they could. Um, I actually wouldn't even think it's that unlikely uh, if they had it. It's just kind of what does CS two change for for that team? Uh, so I would say I would just like take away CS2 or anything like this from this conversation, I would say if Snappy joined G2 and we were playing CSGO for the next year, okay. then there could be an error. Yeah. Oh, like, regardless that, of the game, right? Okay. Yeah, so the the only... This is just a very small point. The only thing I will still keep giving Hooksy credit over is I do think that he calls the best T-side Inferno right now. I think that the way that he's broken down that map is just kind of simplified it to a way that's almost stupid, but it's actually very effective. Where they just honestly, they take bananas so frequently, which is due in part because they have one of the best banana players in the world in Nico. Yes, he's not calling anything. What do you mean? Well, he just keeps it simple. He just keeps it really stupid and simple, which is just oh, exactly yeah, cool. what he wants that to get That makes it. him fucking crazy good. <laughs> It's well, just, it is, yeah, it is, yeah, the, dude, it is. Just put fucking whoever is the best player, Jokic, against some fucking point guard in the paint. And I was like, yeah, he's doing a really good job. Good job, coach. You call that one. Like, 
what? Well, they they were the first team. They were the first team back uh, like months ago that was just like, you know, what we don't even need to take map control. We just go B. Like, and that that's yeah, why cool. that's why Inferno's gotten really kind of extra boring for a lot of people. Uh, I still find that it can be pretty entertaining, but it is uh, for watching teams like G two on Inferno is really boring nowadays because they just take banana and they just exec all the time. It's it's kind of lame. But uh, beyond that, beyond that, I would say that what's funny about this point is that I, well, one, I obviously agree that Snappy's better than Hooksy, not just for calling, which Snappy is a better caller on. It's just also that Snappy doesn't play Inferno right now with this team. The second thing is that literally what's what's even funnier. Like I, I find this like if you actually somehow just made all of Hooksy's calls, but you put Snappy in Hooksy's position, he is actually a significantly better fragger, enough so that they would just win everything. They would, like, Hooksy is so bad individually, and Snappy is so serviceable individually that they, but with the exact same strategies, they would just be a 10% better team, just because because Snappy's just better. Let, let me ask you, Maui, one thing. You put Hooksy in ends. How many playoffs do they make? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know, I know, no, yeah. I'm. It's wouldn't be a. How many be... bananas and fucking infernos and fucking B takes? They actually make it successful because they will send whatever who. Uh, I would say Nika they would make... in banana instead of Nico. They would they would get into like like thirty percent as many playoffs as ends are right now. Yeah, no, I think if I, that if that. I think, yeah, I mean, well, I am agreeing and that put Snappy's Snappy much better. In, 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 put Snappy in Hooks, how many titles does G2 have? That's the fun question, right? That's a, that's a, that's a valid question, right? The thing is, like, and, and, and all these things, like, glorifying, okay, Cologne was a great win, Katowice was a great win, and they're all saying, like, oh, this is the greatest, whatever. Ask Nico if he would trade Cologne victory for major victory. Would he take that? He would trade both Cato and Cologne for one major. I think he, he still would. He would. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I would, cool. but here's the problem with that topic is it's an unfair comparison because they always do it when you've never won one. The real question that would be interesting is if you had two majors, but no Cologne and Cadavice, would you trade one major to have one major and one Cadavice and Cologne? That's Absolutely the real question. Not. You know, you know what I mean? Not. I'd love to Absolutely know if there's anyone who would answer that one. Absolutely not. Why would you trade like Cato and Cologne for being able to call yourself a two-time major champion because it depends what the major is mate like i'd like if i'm device he never won cologne ever i'd rather give up the dog shit face it major london and have like a cologne title you know what i mean oh major. here's another thing mate all majors aren't created equal i give a fuck less about devil walk dropping his pants in some <laughs> dream arena that was played in three total days for the entire tournament and then you basically <laughs> just played right after the other semi-final took place and you nicked it because they would just came out of an epic Crawling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't count in the same way as like a modern day major. Like, people, we can't conflate them all. You can't conflate them all. That is a matter yeah. of like getting recognized into the game with a little pin, with a little thing, with a little legacy that you don't get in Cologne. You know, it's just something that stays for you. But it's a, it's a, it's a valid point. I don't think we can answer it correctly because, like you said, the, the very first major, what the Dreamcast, whatever it was, yeah. And you compare it to the days Cologne is just a fucking day and night. Like, and sure, but. Take it in the last four or five years, right? And uh, let's actually go from 2016. And what, MLGs and, and all these things. Like, how many bad majors did we have, like, in terms of, like, very shit ones? We had Face It one, which was, like, what, 2018? And we had the uh, Paris one, right? Which was, you know, bad because the bracket was just terrible. And, you know, a lot of different factors kind of contributed to the fact that, like, Swiss was terrible. 
for for the majors and I, it's not just a i'm not like hating on chase it or 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 whoever organized the, the last one it was a blast it's not them it's just they were forced to play this with this system and it's just terrible right it kind of created a very big gap and very big mistakes when it comes to seeding and matchup and kind of created a shit shit bracket and ruined the the major by extension so overall I, I don't know just like i said just swap the the players swap them and see who does better in you know i i think that you cannot compare not just snappy with hooksy i don't think there is an igl that can compare with snappy right now at this moment i don't think there is one but this way if we basically make the topic the real the real way it's phrased is this everyone i think who's an expert looks at this g2 roster minus the igl and it's like bro if i had this team of players i should literally it, there's no limit to what i could accomplish i should be able to win everything every tournament every title i should be the most dominant team in the area remember you if, you know that saying i love it from sports of pick your poison when a team has multiple star players and they play a different style and so if you avoid one you just run into the other one like like if everyone remembers old mouse spots when fucking Kassad was coaching them back in the day that was real. Like, Kosniko was so much better than his teammates. If you're on if you're on T side and you know what site Nico's playing, you just go to the other bomb site. You don't Absolutely. waste you don't waste your time rushing in on him where he might just ace you with a fucking deagle and sit you down. You just go to like whatever, I don't know, fucking Spiddy's site over here or something like that, you know. You can't do that against this G2 team. It's the definition of pick your poison. If you if you try to shut Nico down, Monacy's gonna get you. Malat's going on, by the way. You better hope JKS just doesn't pop off on a CT. You know what I mean? Like the, the amount it's uh, it's actually an embarrassment of how many fucking wealth that this guy has, the weapons this guy has. So if I think if Snappy had this team, right, first of all, anyone who's gonna do that whole thing, which I think is what they actually think about Huxy, which is I think people low-key, but they won't admit it because they're just trying to battle Cassad and Richard Lewis. I think they know Huxy doesn't really do anything, but that's why maybe Nico isn't that bothered, because essentially then Nico and Hunter get to do their game and do what they want. And they're just sort of like, look, Huxy, just don't fuck it up basically, mate, and we'll just do the rest. Like, I actually think that's why it's Snappy specifically, not just I'm not making a like, Carrigan to join. I think Carrigan's got his own ego and his own big calls. Here's why Snappy would be mega. Because Snappy would fucking love Nico. Because he'd go, you know what, mate? I'm not here to tell you what to do. You're going to get your spots. I'm going to give you all the shit you need. You're going to carry the game. Me and you are going to have a great time. Maybe someone like Monacy, who's a bit younger. Hey, I might work with you a little bit, mate. We might channel your setups and figure out what you're doing CT. So, by the way, another player Snappy's going to fucking love is JKS. You don't have to tell that boy anything on CT side. You just put him on his site. He's going to do his job he's going to play the site on his own when he oh that's a dream if you're an igl i just, that's not i don't even have to have him as a star player he's just in my back pocket mate you're never going to beat me if i have these players and then i didn't even mention hunter yet oh by the way snappy remember he did this with glaive i bet he'd be totally fine with hunter being the secondary caller he'd be totally up for that like i called the initial stuff when we did what we we're doing and was getting set up but if you every now and then have a read on the game just just let me know mate i bet he wants that from his players i'll guarantee it so i look at the pieces what which one of these pieces he's gonna have problems with and then i'll just throw this in at the end one of the things i've always thought was whack about the hooksy era of g2 is it's only when they literally 2-0 everyone that the map pool looks insane like i said earlier otherwise like they'll have maps are like a 40% win rate on, but they just win because Nico popped off. Snappy has already gotten these fucking ends lineups again and again to five solid maps, bordering on the sixth. If you give him a team like this, mate, he'll just have the whole map pool, I'm telling you right now. He'll have this one perma and that's it. That's it. I mean, there, there are things like, sometimes I do wish I'm in back in competitive mode so I can play against this lineup of G2 and show them 
and try and expose them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and show people how you know you can't take banana all the time. Yes, how you can be in inferno all the time. Okay, not be in inferno all the time. But you know, it's just sometimes I, I get that feeling. But you know, I, it, it quickly suppressed by like memories of stress in that job. <laughs> so it's uh, it, it, it's it's a it's an interesting thing. But um, Overall, like I said, it's just when you if you spot swap them, it just makes no difference. It's like also Snappy right now is the best IGL we have. I don't think there is any other that we can compare him to at this moment. I'm not talking about all time IGLs. It's just right now in this space of Counter Strike, there is. Oh, no and by team the way, team. on that tip as well, the, the angle of like is fragging as well. This man is yeah. 33 years old, and that isn't even a normal 33. He was playing pro at the end of 1.6 in fucking 2000s, end of 20, 2000s, early to like the wear and tear on this guy is bonkers. To be that good still at fragging is actually exceptional. Like it deserves like its own like mark of credit. And I'd get it if he was good at fragging because he's just on a shit team and he's playing in the groups. He's going to the fucking finals. He is going to the biggest matches in the world against stud motherfuckers like Monacy and fucking Flames and all these young talents. And he's just going, all right, here I go, 33-year-old Danish boomer from 1.6. Oh, well, I am fragging you. Like, this guy's too good, mate. He's too good. He's too good. Yeah, I want to come back to your point, like Nico in Mouseports. And that's absolutely 100% true. You know, we explore that in, in later teams when he played in phase with the way we beat, you know, you can't go against players... Like Zaivu, like Nico, like see, you, they're gonna get those numbers. They're gonna make you know what their moves are, but their moves are always working for them because they're so good individually. That the things that we did, like say Mirage, we know that Nico is playing connector. We know that he's an aggressive connector. We know whatever we do on middle, he's gonna get the kill most of the times. If the flashes we push him off, he's gonna re-push. He's gonna get the kill. He's gonna escape. What we did is we press middle, pressure middle, and just go on the weaker player. On the other side, we, we force him to do his moves. He thinks that he's doing a move against the middle take because, you know, that's how it looks like. He cannot see other people's screens. He thinks that that's it, but we attack the, the weaker player, and that's how we get them to have bad economy. That's how we get them to force by, and that's how we, you know, kind of impose our game onto them, and that's how we beat those teams that have superstars. That's how you do it. If you go against the super strike head to head, you're gonna lose every time because your players are weaker than that player, and they're gonna lose eight out of ten battles. That which means they're gonna lose eight out of ten rounds, which means that you're gonna lose all the maps and matches. So you need to figure out how to beat them. Teams are not really doing that right now, but it's a it's a different topic. Right, here we go. Here's my big hot take for the episode. Oh. What's great is it's going to sound initially like you should all be against me, so I'm interested to see what your take will be, because it sounds like an old boomer take from me, and you t you guys actually work in this part of the industry still, so it sounds like I'm dissing you, but you'll see when I get to it. It's obviously not. Right, basically, this, the one-sentence version goes, the golden era of broadcast talent in CSGO has been and gone and is not coming back ever again. And why I say that is not on the basis of actual like talent like to be good on camera or, or like having just and takes no no the big problem is this it's attitude and delivery in the modern day i think just like everyone else in the industry and media online everyone has gotten swept up into these algorithms and the need to be like liked and accepted and it is fucking warping all these broadcasts like one of the things that people don't get is like i've always said this when people watch me on a desk they're there to watch me and what i think that they're there to go right i'm tuning in what 
one's thought and think about this. In the modern day, I get the vibe that like people think the way you successfully execute a segment is you just like reflect back the uninformed opinion of the fan to the fan, and then he goes like, Bro, he, no, he is spitting facts. And then he thinks because you agreed with him that that makes you right. So it's like some shitty popularity contest. Like, that's so weird to me. Like, whenever I tune into that, or if I'm on it myself, I want to hear, like, someone's unique take. Like, I want to see, like, look, I know roughly from the personality, like, what angle they're going to go with, maybe. But I always want to see how what little flourish are they going to put on it or how are they going to hit this angle or how are they going to disagree with the other guy. This whole thing of, like... The, the idea that we're all just going to appear and then say things that we all agree with and everyone's fairly milk toast and no one's really being edgy at all. Like, that isn't that isn't CS to me. It might be what people think like sports broadcast. I don't think that's CS though. To me, the best thing about CS was how out there the perspectives were and how totally contrasting the personalities were. Like, if people don't know, back in the day... Dude, I would be, like, arguing with, like, Semler or something. He'd, he'd be telling me some outrageous opinion, like, Zipnik's is the best on Astralis or something. And I'd be like, the fuck are you talking about? And we'd just be having battles back and forth. Like, that part, that part feels like it's gone. And as I say, I don't blame specific people. There are actually some people doing the job now who are arguably better than that era. But they're like, the attitude and the vibe, that, that is, it's, it's evaporated completely. It doesn't exist in CSGO as far as I can tell. You notice Maui how he didn't say, like, he said some people are doing, he didn't say our names. Oh, nice, okay. cool. You don't okay. think I noticed that? Okay. But the, 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 thing is, uh, the thing is definitely, it's a different era right now. Everybody's trying to be politically correct. Everybody's trying to be super careful what they say so they don't get on the bad side of the fans, which by extension in their minds means that you don't get to be on more events. So yes, you yes, try exactly. to be like super nice and everybody agrees, holds hands. And everybody By the way, what you just said there is not a minor thing. point, you know. In the modern day, I get the, f the sense that people's perspective is they think if the f if they're unpopular on like Twitter that they won't get hired to the gig. Whereas the joke is, I used to think the opposite. Like I used I, to think, I'm box office, mate. If they don't like me, if anything, I've got to be there. Like how can you not hire me? Like, But that's exactly. a different mentality. I, I had a different perspective on this game. I had sure. a different perspective as well. And I, 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 I spoke with, with ESL about that multiple times and they love it i mean right. in the sense that you have to have the boundaries right when it comes to that obviously you know you have to kind of navigate a little bit but you know i'm not i told them i'm not gonna be sitting there and pretending like everything is like super right. good and everybody is great and all these players are not uh, you know to be criticized even though they make tens of thousands of dollars and some of them are doing absolutely nothing yep. for it and they're just we're just gonna pretend that that doesn't happen we're gonna uh, ride the unicorns on the rainbow and just you know it's not going to happen if i, I uh, if anything i like when somebody is on the desk who doesn't agree with me like i'm gonna say my take and then if you don't agree you just say it like listen i think you're wrong and this is why and da 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 and then I tell you like, come on, man, it's not true because of this and this and that, right? And that's what people like to see, you know, the normal. You you know the shows like you know Charles Barkley and uh, Shaq and you know that the NBA whatever thing, and you have the in football you have Roy Keane and you know uh, Jamie Carragher in, in the show, and then you have Kate Abdo with Thierry Henry and me, Michael yeah, Richard. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's awesome. I, I like to see that. That's what I tune in. But when you say these bland, vanilla kind of exchanges where they don't lead to anything, it's just boring to watch. And I think people are not, nobody talks about it. You know, all you can see on Reddit threads, on, on Twitter is like clips of uh, frags or anything. Nobody's talking about the exchanges on the desk and like there is Reddit, no threads Reddit on Reddit. That. 
Reddit Sorry? banned that. Reddit banned people from doing that. You can't you can't post clips from the desk. Oh really? Didn't we end up like, okay. we end up like on top of Reddit they, they, like in Cologne? Well, I, yeah, yeah. Like three well, here's the problem, Kasad. I don't I don't want to have to reveal this to you because it might blow your mind. But when it's someone they really hate, so it's you now. It used to be me. It'll be Maui next yeah. week. When they really hate you, they break all the rules, mate. Like there was once a thread on the CSGO yeah. subreddit. It was allowed to stay up for like a week. It was one of the biggest threads ever, and it was just called like, "Should we have a conversation about Thorin's social media?" And on a CSGO Reddit, they just all broke down like all like my Twitter. Like, like what? Like Remember, any not, dude in the modern day, this doesn't happen now, but this used to happen. Back in the day on the CSGO subreddit, if you just posted like a Forest 1.6 movie, they'd go up not relevant to CSGO and remove it from like the thread. So basically, this, the problem is if they hate you, they, they'll let you get away with anything, mate. Like, oh, yeah, do, they yeah. do it on you HLTV know. also. Like they, they say no witch HLTV. hunting, oh, yeah. but there was that one thread no, that's H like the most popular one in the history of the subreddit of like, like simple flamed me or whatever. Like that's like yeah. the greatest thread ever, like for upvotes or something. You know? I, I saw Maui and me and, and you. You and Richard, we are catching strays on some fucking topics that we are no oh, longer no. a part of, of at all. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you just, you just yeah. can't win with these people a bunch of times. But anyway, go Maui. Go on, Maui. I mean, they, they even do it on HLTV also, whether they say so or not. They like leave up they leave up these hate threads on me all the time. And then I actually saw a Maui appreciation thread. It got 404 within like a, a few. Oh, all right. Okay. I was like, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with these mods, dude? Like they actually have these agendas that they push. They do. So obviously, like yeah. if you actually do cash cash searches on Google for like my name on 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 HLTV, it's like all these hate threads stay up about me. And literally there's an appreciation thread about me that if you look at the cash stuff, it's like positive for a Ford. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, oh, you know, I why? Don't know, you know, why though, right? You know that the, they they want the comments, they want the exchanges, they want the interaction on site. So well, you're gonna get less interaction if somebody's saying you're nice, but if somebody's like spitting shit about you and hate, people are gonna add on to it, and it's gonna be more replays, more fucking topics, more you know words being written on the site and everything. So it makes sense, right? It makes sense. It's shitty, but it makes sense. Yeah, it's just it's very it's strange um, to get back to the original point about the golden era of broadcasts. Uh, I'd say like two things have really changed there. I think one is pretty like we've already you guys have already addressed it. The first part about being like generally being vanilla and well received gets you hired for every event. And the second thing is that actually now the way that production works is actually really not conducive to actually putting forward an interesting and and, and, and like a uh, personality driven product because it's just a slew of graphics with just like, and it's just like really shitty graphics, by the way, like, like a lot of them are just like kills. The total kills that this player has in the tournament. It's like, who the hell cares? Like, doesn't even say kills per round. Like, like, it's just like, I mean, there's just all these like random stats things that just pop up because the, I'd say that like in a lot of productions, it's almost like for some reason there's, they've gotten like scared or shy to the idea of putting any of us and our faces on the broadcast for more than a couple minutes straight because they think we'll probably just like start spinning our wheels when in fact that's actually usually when all of us do our best work when we finally have Should I tell you the sad thing Maui this is the real problem with this is it's not that they've like consciously changed and made a different policy you have to realize no one ever actually planned for all the shit me and Richard did what happened well, for real was those were events that by the nature of how bad the tech and internet yes. problems were yes. just by default used to have a lot of room for this sort of behavior and by the way even though I say it now like they get it, 
People like ESL had to be talked around to the idea I'm box office. Now, when they did, they then realized, like, oh, you're right, actually, if you look, like it does cause more. But initially, oh, they were off-put by some of that stuff, too. They also probably would have stupidly thought, like, you shouldn't have drama with, like, players and talent or something silly like that. Or maybe you shouldn't be on Twitter too much at the event. So, unfortunately, like, some of the good parts probably were accidental in a way, you know what I mean? And I'm sure, like, some of the production things, like, like sadly, I know that from the production side, the reason why they do what you're talking about is because they just want they like they really want the security of thinking they know what's coming next on screen yeah. but the problem with that is like you're saying the best discussion comes when we have no idea what's coming or you're going to bounce off what he says right but the guy in the truck doesn't know what to do with that unfortunately i mean yeah. now it's a little bit different i think i feel like cologne was a little bit different they gave me a little bit more uh room to work with i think we got some good segments you're a part of one maui when we did with this with sam it was pretty yeah, fun I think really that's, the, that's the way to go and when it comes to the graphics uh, I, I do what I do because I work mostly with ESL right uh, I don't work with Blast or, or any other this you know let's say PGL or whatever they, I don't know how they work with the graphics but ESL never really denied me any graphics and they always I mean you know how it works when you ask for something do you usually get it like the, the execution part is sometimes a little bit you know messed up but i never got a no on the graphics when i asked for something i flatly i frankly don't ask for graphics because i never want graphics no i, I never actually do as well, don't man. i actually don't want graphics but usually a lot of other people want like five graphics on the thing so like the sad thing is to me they've just got it the wrong way around because they do say that like yeah. they obviously say ask for things if you want it's the other way around i want to just talk about what i'm going to talk about and then i yeah. want you to be a really brilliant producer who freestyles and if you can use some of the assets you have to sort of match what I'm talking about now I'm not claiming that's easy but that is the way I would rather work I, yeah the, 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 the flow should definitely be like that but also if you're gonna tell the producer like listen we I'm gonna talk about this guy and while I'm talking about him I want you to play this I want okay. you to show show this like it doesn't matter if it's the KD, if it's the kills, if it's the highlights from the yesterday's game, something or a clip from around, whatever it is, it should be I'm talking and you listen. And when I say the thing that I need to say, you you play the the, the, the graphic, right? It's yes. not supposed to be the other way around. So that's that's the thing that we had like you know talks about, and I think it's getting better right now. But also, it's it's back to your point. There is not, and I think the only thing that you're wrong about the, that thing is uh, you said it's never coming back. I do think it's coming back. I don't think it's coming back because while I'm on the desks, I'm never going to be bland. I'm never going to be, you know, just agreeing with it. So I'm going to try my best okay. to bring it back as much as I can. Okay. So, and I think it's, it's, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy, but it's, it's manageable. It's not going to happen as long as people keep trying to be everybody's favorite all at the same time in lieu of actually developing a more pointed personality, which can drive discussions better because you need to have different edges yeah and get ready for people to hate you so that's fine if you want to be like that but you know do we have like a last take is the one more take maybe no, i'm good i mean okay. i do have one it's not very spicy because yours was like yours was like pretty good for the end but i can try if you want and the thing is like it's about c9 uh and i don't think they're gonna win any csgo events they're not going to be in any CSGO events. They're going to be not okay. a single event What's the this problem year. then? What's the big flaw we're missing then? Come on. The, the big flaw is, I think, the coach. I honestly think it's the coach. Okay. I Yes, we had our blame on, on, on Fanny and everything. I think they didn't change their style whatsoever. When I look at their games, they obviously have the most firepower of all teams right now. 
not even close. Like you look at G2 and sure. that's crazy how much firepower they have. And C9 is even strong. And C9 wasn't even a, a contender in the events they played. Yes, it's a new team. Yes, Exile wasn't for the group sure. stage. Whatever, I don't care. But the thing is, like, uh, what I saw in terms of like play style, in terms of game itself, it's not much different than what it was before. And for me, I do think sometimes it might be with the with the approach of the coach because we know that Groove is the the the, the coach that's not gonna give out the keys to the players. He is going to be, you know, implementing his thing. And sometimes it's going to be good. Sometimes it's going to be bad. Right now, I don't think it's so good. It was good before with Gambit, Gambit Youngsters and everything. Right now, it's super slow and it's not really adaptive to the meta right now. And I don't think he's using the players the best they can be used right now. Obviously, people are going to be upset about this. Hey, it's super early. It's, but it's, there are other teams that super early got to a better position than C9 is right now. And I'm not saying that they're not going to be good. I'm just saying they're not going to be good in uh, one period of time, which is what, next six months or eight months or whatever. All so I'll say I, is, like, even though I don't know if I agree, because I have to say the problem with this team always for me is uh, everyone could see the firepower is exciting, but it was always like, how will they figure out the IGL angle and how will they get the team function? So, so I'll say it's not implausible they could win no tournaments. That could certainly happen. I would just throw this in there and say the key thing I do really hope with this Cloud9 team is that you don't do what has been done with some other very good teams like this in the past, which is if it doesn't work, do not blow the team up. Just make one player change and bring in a real IGL. That's all you do. Because if you do that, then everything's great. Like if it, it basically, if you do that approach one day, it is inevitable. It'll be an amazing team. So I hope that it isn't just like this lineup or Boston, then we're going to tear it in half. Like if it doesn't work with electronic IGL, in, then let's just in five months, swallow our pride and just bring in a real IGL. Can I ask you one question before Maui goes? Like, if, if it doesn't work out, let's say that that happens, who do you swap? Who do you remove? I mean, it's easy for me, mate, because I'm I'm not I'm actually very not sentimental when it comes to the game itself. Like, I'll just boot Hobbit tomorrow, mate. I would have, I would give, I would give a flying fuck pretty easily. Listen, okay. I, he seems like a really cool guy. But he was great in 2017. It isn't 2017 anymore, and I'm not having tea with him. I'm okay, trying to win Counter Strike. Okay, yeah, okay. I'll just boot him tomorrow because the problem with this is we talked about it in the past episode. If you could actually unleash Axile and Electronic as like the players they would be, mate, what they would do to the T side of this game. But if Electronic's the IGL, you're almost inevitably cannot be in those positions, you know. I just, you don't even mention Shiro as well. I mean, I just take for granted he's going to pop off, you know what I mean? So I think if you had those players and you could really add like an IGL, and it doesn't, by the way, it might not even have to be a good one. Might not, like everyone's going to go Jerry because everyone just said that for one million years. Maybe even some fuck like Boomich, I don't know. Anyone. I mean, as far as I know, he doesn't even IGL now, by the way. But essentially, anyone who's a true IGL, I feel like there's another team where if I look at those four players, that's like you say about the G2. It's like G2 again. It's like if I'm a Russian and speaking IGL, could I ask for a better four players? Like, I, essentially, who turns that gig down? Like, even if that's a poison chalice, it's like by the time you say poisoned, I'm always... You what? Sorry, I've almost finished it. What did you say? Like, I, who gives a shit, mate? You, you take that one. You live and you die on that one, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my my thing with this is that I mean, when they played at Gamers Eight, it was their CT side that was really bad though, and like their individuals were really bad on CT side. Like Hobbit, Electronic, and Axile actually all had uh, sub 1.0 KDs on CT side. Like, so I don't. I think the calling actually was fine at Gamers Eight. In fact, their their T side round win percentage is better significantly than their CT side. So the calling's fine to me. It's actually so just slow. Do you think they're gonna win the events? 
I, I made it on a hot take that I think they're going to win an event. Oh, yeah, was that like your, on the last episode? Was that a hot yeah, take? Yeah, on the last right, episode. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah, their their T side was the fourth best at Gamers Eight, and they still lost pretty early. So I think they're I think their T side is already better. Uh, but like, this is why I was actually so critical for so long and so quickly about the Nafani stuff is that I think Axel's peak might be over. I actually think he's might be. I don't know if he's going to get it back. Like he's been multiple events now where he's just not that good. And that's that, that, on an individual level. That's on an he's individually not killing people like he used to, and that's that's very worrying to me. So but I you think said that you're gonna win events, and then you said that my, that that exile's peak is gone. It doesn't really go together, right? Are they still well, gonna win an event be, even it, if his peak's gone? Well, I think I I thought that they could, but now that I've seen that was before watching what happened at at Cologne and Gamers Eight that I thought they could win an event, but now that it's so are you that, so are you Axel, actually are you swapping to Kassad's position? Are they not gonna win an event then? It's it's just that because it's pretty binary. You have made your, your hot take is they win the event, and his is that you they don't. So you want his yeah, side yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I still I think that Axile can bring it back, but I'm just saying. But this is why even before why okay. I was calling for Nafani's head over a year ago, I was like these peaks don't last for people not named Nico. Like this is this is the tra trajectory of riflers. Sure. Like they they are good for like two three years a lot of the time, and that's it. Like. I mean, you think of like who was a good rifler four years ago. Not many of those guys are like that good anymore, other than Nico. So oh, I think mate, that's just kind I, of I'm with you on that one. If you make a top ten of all time riflers list, most of them just have like one year within the best. That's it. One, two yeah. years yeah. max. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's that's what I that's what I'm just worried about. Um I I mean, it's it's possible it's over for Axile, like honestly. Maybe you should have made that hot take. That should be the hot take. Obviously, it's possible yeah. it's over for Axile. It's, it's possible. It's possible. I'm not saying it is. Like, but like, I mean, look at look at. Okay, I'm actually even looking at the 2019 list right now. Like, some of these riflers, like Elige Dupree. Like, these are top ten riflers, by the way, at this time. Elige and Dupree. They're they're not even close to that anymore. Uh, Yuri Brolin, uh, Crims, like all Breeze. Like, how many names did I just say? These are all riflers that are just complete. Like, not even relevant in the top 20 discussions. There's a there's a handful that are still not there. Not even but, the top 50. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't even say that any of those guys yeah. are top fifty really anymore. Yeah. So, well, uh, it's about the other circumstances too, like the awards, the teams, the whatever, right? It's not. Yeah, like sure, that. sure. Uh, but I'm just saying I mean, that people speak super healthy organization. Like they give them everything, and they, I mean they earned everything they're getting right now. So, and then you take Breeze for example. He was in EG, and it's like. Oh, by the way, I'll just tag, and we'll make it to the end. The last thing I'll say on this topic, like I said about how I hope even if this five-man lineup doesn't work, you essentially just gradually tweak until you see the full potential of the lineup. The other reason why I feel like it is inevitable one day this C9 team will be the best in Counter-Strike is because, mate, if you can fuck up that talent pipeline to Russia, you deserve to fucking lose in Counter-Strike. Like, forget these players even. You could bring in player after... If you run the game properly and you're Jack from Cloud9, Mate, the next 10 years of Counter-Strike can be yours if you do this right. Absolutely. Like, other teams do not want those players. They are politically radioactive, and you have the talent pipeline to bring them, and you go, you already have the best players from their country who they want to play for with way more money than the Russian orgs. Like, if you do this right, the game is on lock for you. Well, I don't know if they have more money than the Russian orgs, but, you know, that money is, like, always there in this, like, gambling, whatever. Yeah world is but the thing is like they have enough money to you know support what they want to support so overall they have the i think if you are c9 you're in a good spot and like you said if you fuck this up then you don't need then you deserve to lose yeah exactly. so it's just yeah. it's on them they have everything they need right now and also for the zaibu fans i mean <laughs> this is your goat now right here this is your goat. So. 
I'm going to put this right here behind me. By the way, as an aside, I noticed, by the way, we'll end on this. I noticed you have also learned what I learned, which is in esports, right? Just like I do with the big industry things. Obviously, it's really frustrating for people like me and Richard Lewis that the industry is full of scumbags and liars and corrupt folks. So what you have to do eventually is, because that's your everyday reality, to survive, you have to just make it funny and make it like, we'll make some stupid personality around Nicola and I or more, you know, some shady shit over here that Honda did. Because it's the only way you survive. So in the same way, if you notice, the response to all you stupid-ass stanzas, we just laugh in your face and think you're actually the stupidest idiots of all time like you're basically just like the clown slapstick guy stripping over and getting a, a cream pie in his face to us that you aren't you're not living rent free like you imagine in our minds you're just a fucking clown to us we just laugh at you we just think it's we actually think it's hilarious by the way that you're so dumb you would take like a weaker performance from your favorite player and pretend it was his best like like i said on a past episode i was smart enough when device choked to just go yeah he shit the bed didn't he yanko i didn't go Actually, I'm going to die on this hill. I thought that was the best doping performance ever in a major final. Like, Because then I'd be the moron, wouldn't I? He's already bloody lost the game for me. I may as well take my win on the analysis side, for fuck's sake. Y'all are out there like, no, I think no one played better than Zemo with Blast <laughs> Paris. It's like, all right, mate. All right. Oh, what, whatever you say. So we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that.